Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Avoid rising energy prices and get a smarter home energy solution with B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to a big edition of the first serve on this uh, Monday, the 20th of June, as we continue to race through 2022 as we cover the world of tennis every single week when we're entering, what, in about seven days' time, the most famous postcard in tennis, SW19. The countdown is on to the Wimbledon Championship. So, Brett Phillips with you tonight. Always happy to take your tennis calls. 1-300-736-736. If you prefer to text... Happy to take those as well. 0433981116. Thanks to our great friends at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery, great prices. They've got their uh, end of financial year sale going on as well, uh, Tennis Direct. Free delivery on orders if you spend over $150 wherever you are right around Australia. So you can shop while you're listening tonight, tennisdirect.com.au. Get that nice little 10% discount store-wide using the promo code FIRSTSERVE. One zero. Now, coming up on the B-Solar menu tonight, the latest on tour, former Aussie pro, uh, Todd Perry, if that rings a bell, depending what generation you are. His new book is um, very, very good. It's called One Chance. So we'll have a discussion with Todd about that. There's uh, plenty in the mailbag from you. Those are very passionate about the game. We'll have a UTR Update as well. one 736 736 Before we get into everything with the show tonight, I do have a co-host, and he's all the way. Well, he is actually come back home, but home isn't in Melbourne uh, these days. It's over in the United States. For those that have been tuning in to our Play USA podcast, one of many podcast offerings that we have at the First Serve, hopefully you're enjoying uh, the chats with a lot of our Australian college players and he's a former Aussie collegiate player himself, Lachlan Pure. It's great to have you in the studio, Lockie, and nice to be back in Melbourne. It's great, Brett. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. A chance to get back and see some family, friends, which was pretty difficult during COVID. Absolutely. I've been flat out. Absolutely flat out. So just give us a little yeah. picture. Home, Mississippi? Yeah, so um, I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, actually, Brandon, it's, it's about 10, 15 miles east of, uh, of Jackson. I'm currently working at the Country Club of Jackson over there, so okay. as, a, as a private tennis coach yep um so yeah everything's going well over there and it's been uh, it's great to be back and you went down the, the college path as well and uh, we uh we certainly uh, started a discussion what 12 months ago or so and and you you speak to a lot of these young aussies and there are plenty of them aren't there lucky who are tucked right across the u.s so we're trying to bring that to life uh we'll talk about the next edition you've got uh coming up but you've spoken to jeremy taylor uh tanika mcgiffin chase ferguson uh jasmine star all great chats all great chats. Um, they're all at Division One colleges. Um, they've gone down the college route. Um, many are looking to um, to keep going with their tennis career, which is great. Um, Josh Charleston's coming on next week. He's uh, currently in Tunisia playing Futures. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's where the pathway begins with many of our players. Indeed. So look forward to that. And if you haven't discovered it yet, go to our website, thefirstserve.com.au, or however you find the First Serve, uh, wherever you're subscribing, whatever platform, you'll find all our podcasts. But Play USA is an absolute beauty. Now, Lachlan, I know you listen into the show over in the US, and you know 
that Harry calls our show every single week. Without fail, H, uh, great to have you on the show. Hello, Brett. Uh, when I put the radio on of the morning, yeah. I've been hearing Nick Kyrgios through to second round, Nick Kyrgios through to third round, and he, and he has been getting beat in the last four. Pat Cash done the same thing before he won Wimbledon. He was getting to the last 16, the last eight, and uh, could not go any further till he won Wimbledon. But I mentioned Leslie Bowery. Yes, you did. She had a sister called Noli yep. who played uh, Angus and Coote for Eastern Suburbs. She was very good. Then Leslie married Bill Bowery in Dunwell, but, but their mother was still playing ladies midweek when, when she was 84. Right. What a family. What an effort. 84. The game for life, isn't it, Harry? The sport for life. Oh, mate. But a uh, bit of down. My sister watched a match. I don't know when it was, but she said there was not a volley in it, not a smash, not a lob. It was three sets, and this is this court. Yeah. All it does is sit up and look at you, the ball. Uh, she said she ended up doing a crossword. It was so boring. <laughs> Oh, beautifully. So, hey, just one final word. You mentioned Nick Kyrgios. How would you describe Nick Kyrgios, Harry? Oh, very talented. I wish he'd bend his knees a bit more, but uh, very talented. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, in this game, it is a game of uh, uh, temper, temperance because Nick does his quite a bit, but mm. uh, all of them do Tarango was one, oh, Jeff, Jeff Tarango. Tarango. Yes. Love to yeah, step. very good player, but him and McEnroe make a good double fair. Yes. A lot of smash records. They'd run out of records, Harry. They'd have to do a pause the match to go and find some more records. Always great to have you on the show, H. Uh, you always get us off to a, a terrific uh, start. You can call us tonight, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 But, Lockie, what we love to do is uh, honour those who have uh, won titles across the weekend. A performance of tennis perfection. Hubert Herkatch is the champion in Halle, deservedly so, dismantling the world number one, Daniel Medvedev, with a devastating performance. His perfect record in finals persists. And on the grass at the moment, he is an unstoppable force. Outstanding exquisite and brutal. Herkatch is the champion in Germany. What a way to seal it. And it is back-to-back -back Queen's titles for Berrettini. Two trophies in two weeks. A seventh title on tour and a fourth on this surface. He serves a reminder that he is a force to be reckoned with on the grass and makes a big statement with Wimbledon around the corner. It ends there. Angeber is the champion in Berlin, not in the way she would have wanted to take the title. And real commiseration for her good friend Belinda Bencic, but she just can't play on as she wanted to. Oh, this is a shame. This is a real shame. 
Jean cannot continue. I think there's an issue with her neck. The right hand side of her neck. Just feeling it at the end of that last game. Sat down, had a chat with the physio. And I think she's struggling to look up without any pain. That is an unfortunate and an unexpected end to the match. The record books will show that is back-to-back -back titles now for Hercules Haddad-Meyer. So, the winners, uh, contrasting finishes across the men's and the women's tour across the weekend. All thanks to AATC, our honour roll this week is Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches. They're providing quality coach education right across uh, the globe. They've got courses delivered by industry leaders, tennis business owners. You can learn locally, coach right around the world, internationally endorsed. So if you want to inquire and find out more, just head to aatc.tennis. I'll tell you what, Loughlin. Herbert Hercatch, I think at some stage in his career, is going to win a major. Now he's got... Uh, Craig Point, I think it is, yeah. yep. who's his coach, the bearded one. Yeah, Craig Pointon, yeah. Yeah, who's an absolute beauty, this guy. And they have struck a chord. And if you think of it with uh, with Hubie, he has, what, won a couple of 250s. He won a Masters 1000, of course, Miami last year. Now he's won a 500. Made the semis, beat uh, Federer on the grass at Wimbledon last year. Made the semis. So he loves the grass. But that commentary was as accurate as you'll get. It was sublime, when you watch his performance against a, a very uh, frustrated Daniil Medvedev, two finals in a row, he's gone down the last two weeks. But he's made of the right stuff, and I think uh, he's he's sort of the ni he's a nice guy. The tour, her catch, and whether he needs just a little bit more uh, grunt in him, but you are who you are. But he's got a game that stacks up, I reckon. Well, I think he just knew how to play Medvedev. Medvedev played um, that final just like it was a hard court. Didn't come to the net as as much, and that, that slice just really destabilised yep. um, Medvedev in a lot of ways. And um, I think, you know, Wimbledon is the, if he's going to win a Grand Slam, that's going to be the tournament to do it. Yeah, all court game. You love these guys. I mean, he, he's, he's a big guy. He's big from the back, but he can get 40. He volleys with a bit of conviction. Yeah, well, with the wingspan that he has, what is he, 6'6", six, yep. six, um, he can cover the net quite easily. Yeah, Gr uh, really good performance uh, this week. So he's back to uh, 10 in the world. We know he's been as high as uh, nine. Undefeated in finals. So he gets to the last dance and he... Uh, salutes uh, Big Herbie, uh, who was the fifth seed, 28 and 11, uh, the win loss this year. And for Medvedev, a frustrating couple of weeks. But I will say, this is a fascinating relationship that he has with Jill Savara. Now, Jill Savara, a very placid sort of guy, doesn't show any emotion. They met a number of years ago when Jill's was running his academy there in France. They struck a chord. Okay, I'm going to take you under my wing. What a partnership it's been to win a major, get to world number one. We saw it happen in Australia. Uh, going back, not this Australian Open, the previous, where he basically said to Jules, get out of the stadium. Get out. I don't want you here. Jules packs his little bag under his arm and out he goes. And he gave him two barrels or more in that final. And he copped it on social media, Medvedev, and a little bit of uh, clickbait on there. There was a bit... I mean, that, that can happen. It's an emotional game, but gee, who would want to be a coach uh, sometimes? I mean, are you a fan of the players? Some players don't have any connection with their box. It's almost like they block it out. Others, after every single point, they're either looking over for some validation or that's where they take their frustration out on. Yeah, I think you're right there, Brett. That's where Medvedev um, took his frustration out of, was was his coach. Um, you know, I really do feel for his coach. It's not it's not a good look, um, especially to our juniors, um, but that's just the way that he, that he plays. I'm sure that they were all good after the match. Um, but I tell you what, yeah, he's poor, he's poor coach. Just, (laughs) 
He just copped it from him, didn't he? Well, look, he's highly regarded. I mean, obviously, he's made a real name for himself with what he's done with uh, Medvedev. So I'm sure if Daniil ever gave him the uh, the flick, he'd pick up another gig uh, somewhere. They're, they're, those are the credentials that he's built. But he's a fascinating watch, uh, Medvedev. I mean, I'm a fan. I think he's, uh, you know, he's a bit of hard on the sleeve there. He's authentic when he comes into press. But the Russians have got a, you know, they're, they're always going to be quirky and... Uh, different, highly emotional, and he'd be frustrated that he can't get to SW19 next week as well. And he would have thought, gee, two grass court finals in a fortnight, surely I win one of these. Well, he was, you know, the one last week against the young Dutch qualifier. He was the red hot favourite, but um, her catch and Berrettini. So we heard the audio of Matteo. I mean, these are the two guys in form. So Berrettini misses the clay court season, back to back on grass, Wimbledon final last year. Suddenly we think, okay. Uh, we don't know what Rafa's, how he's going to be. Djokovic is going to be extremely hungry and play so well at Wimbledon, but these are probably the next two. Yeah, Berrettini, he, as you just said, Brett, he didn't play the entire clay court season. Um, I'm not sure what kind of injury that he had. Um, and then he just he's just come and won two back-to-back tournaments, which is incredible. Um, he's going to be a, you know, a hot favourite going into Wimbledon. He is. Um, he's just got a beautiful game. Uh, for the for the grass. I mean, he gets value, doesn't he? Big serve, big forehand. It zips through the court. Uh, but he's trying to go to that next level. It's, it's been that little pack, hasn't it? There's been Rublev and uh, Berrettini, Hercatch, uh, Sinner, who's got himself in and around that top 10. Um, sometimes there can be some distance, can't there, between the two, top two or three, and then down to nine and 10. So they are trying to bridge the gap. Alex Dimonor had a good clay court season. Couple of early exits, Hertogenbosch and Queens uh, went down to Big Riley Opelka four and four. So he's twenty four in the world, and we say it going into every major. Fingers crossed that Alex just gets a nice draw that he can at least maybe get through to a, a round three. Yeah, I think when Alex uh, gets the momentum um, going deep into tournaments, we've seen him do it at the Australian Open in previous years. Um, then he, that his game actually builds. But you know, if he doesn't get past the the first couple of rounds, then He's in a little bit of trouble there, I think. Yeah, so we'll wait for the draw a little bit later on this week. Uh, Alexi Popperin, we know he's going to be in the draw. He's had a, it's a real head-scratcher for mine, Popperin. So he lost in qualies at the ATP Challenger in the UK on the weekend, gets the lucky loser um, uh, tag, and then gets through to a semi. And he's up against a guy who you think on paper in uh, Zizou Berg's probably he should win. Uh, goes down in that match. Just, I don't quite know where... Uh, Popperin is. I I don't know if he's the easiest guy to coach. Yeah, I'm, I'm he's not. He's been sh- through a lot of coaches. Yeah, I know he was working with Craig O'Shaughnessy at the start of the year. He had a little bit of a dip after um, Indian Wales and Miami. Yeah. But I, I think he did win a challenger a couple of weeks ago, and he's really trying to work his way, get a lot of match play in before these big majors. Mm. He's an interesting watch. Once again, hopefully, he gets a kind draw. Uh, JP Smith, we love JP, and so do the Smithy Naders. Uh, Paula will be listening over in uh, Glasgow. Great to have you on board, Paula. And she's going to be our eyes at Wimbledon next week. Does not miss a J.P. Smith match. Uh, tweets galore about J.P. So he and Ramanathan made the final. Uh, went down to Cash and Patton. But uh, we do love J.P. On Jabir, I mean, she didn't, didn't have to play a full final here against uh, an injured Belinda Bencic who injured her left ankle. No one wants to pull out of a match. But if you're going to pull out, it's usually that week before a major when... Players are more conservative, thinking there's bigger fish to fry here. And uh, Ons, um, or she is set in 2-1. And what's what's the go with um, 
players jumping into pools or lakes. It's I feel like it's becoming more common to her in the whole team. Uh, we, that was in Berlin, right next to the stadium there. I've done the big duck dive and uh, in they went. But she'd be keen for a pretty good Wimbledon having exited the French in that oh, first round. Yeah, absolutely. Ange Jabeur has had a phenomenal um, first half of the season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she can do. I know she's the only Middle Eastern player in the top 100, so she's yep. just she's done a phenomenal job so far. And going to play doubles with uh, Serena Williams uh, this week in Eastbourne, so Serena can get some touch and feel back before we saw, see her make her return to professional tennis in a week's time. So uh, they're pretty good pals, as is um, Venus and uh, Anjabur as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that sort of shapes up during the week. Uh, Storm Sanders, well done to Storm. Uh, great to take out... The WTA 500 in Berlin. So second 500 of the year after winning with Ash in Adelaide to start the year. She's up to 12 in the world in doubles. I'd love to know where her mindset is, Storm Sanders, right now because we had her on the show last year and she was really progressing to the point where we thought she can crack the top 100 here, Lachlan. She got to 119. Now that singles ranking is down at about 222, whereas the doubles ranking keeps on spiking. She's 27 and it's usually about this sort of stage of your career you start to lean more. We know Alan Perez has really become more still playing singles, but maybe she's thinking the singles is a bit gone now. I can really make a great career out of doubles. I wonder where Storm's mindset is. Yeah, and no, I think at the end of the day, you've also got to ask yourself, you know, what pays what pays the bills, what brings in the, the paycheck? And, yep. um, you know, doubles is still a ludicrous um, uh, sport, if you like. It still pays pretty good money obviously not as much as the singles but I tell you what if you can do well in doubles then you yep. can you know you can really do well but what under storm she played very well with uh Siniakova, of course former world number one uh, world number three going in normally he's partnering up with uh Krichikova, who's out injured at the moment so uh storm and her have played a few tournaments of late beatrice had had my well done back-to-back titles as we heard there in the audio uh once again a retirement in that match of uh, zhang of china but She's up inside the top 30, which is a great effort by the lefty. And Alison Van Utvink, just one of the great names to say, won the, the one two five in Italy. And a little shout-out, uh, Lizzie Cabrera. Nice performance to win her uh, biggest ITF doubles title in the UK. Uh, fourth of her career. Uh, Akira Sanderland won his fifth doubles title this year. He's 28-7. and seven. Fascinating watch, uh, Akira. We're going to get him on our Aussies Only uh, podcast. He can do anything, this young guy, but... You know, when you follow them on Instagram as well, it's sort of like it's like a working holiday. I'd be keen to ask Akira about his ambitions because he can play. And a little shout-out to a couple of 18-year-olds because we need a bit of hope uh, here in Australia. Phil Sekulich, the young Queenslander, uh, reached the semis of a 15K in Belgium. Catherine Aulia reached the 15K semi-final in San Diego, and I think she's uh, in that college uh, system as well. And we'll hope that those two can keep kicking a few goals. We need a few good stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, If we can get some of these young guns coming through, then who knows? Let's go to uh, Ellie and St Kilda just before we break. Ellie, great to have you back on the show. Oh, hello. What's up? What do you got for us? <laughs> um, well, I mean, firstly, I was just thinking about the grass courts. It's so nice seeing fast tennis. It just doesn't happen. doesn't happen much during <laughs> the year. I would say maybe Cincinnati. Yep. Um, the US Open, US Open is not slow, um, but these lead-up tournaments to, to Wimbledon, that is the fastest tennis all year, and it's just so nice to see tennis from, you know, this is, this is pretty much tennis from, you know, the, the, the late 1990s, that sort of speed. 
Yep. Um, I mean, then in the late last 90s, if we were on these types of tournaments, it would be even quicker. But I'm saying it's the same type of pace as the rest of the year during those sorts of eras. And it's just so nice to see like so much hand-eye coordination it needs and volleying skills and plays like Hubert Hercatch, talking about Hubert Hercatch. Hubert Hercatch, there were some points where he would literally chip and charge. It's not yeah. like he served and you yes. know he hit a massive shot, shot that he came in. No, no, no. He chipped and charged yeah. and won points. And Berrettini did it as well. Okay, Berrettini can't, can't hit his backhand so well anyway. So he yep. sometimes... So he's developed a great slice and now he comes in on it. But it's so nice. And I'm just thinking, such a pity that I don't want to complain, but I'm um, complaining anyway, that Wimbledon, now I, I know there's a problem. Wimbledon changed the, the, the type of grass it has because but since the players were able to mm-hmm. rally for a lot longer with, yep. their, with their more fancy rackets, so they, they, so they pounded the grass a lot more and Wimbledon had to come up with something that was more durable. But in doing so, um, the, the pace of Wimbledon is now slower. So it's still a lower court. And I realize that a lower court is going to be quicker anyway because even if... Even if, even if technically it's not as fast, but because the ball is lower, it's going to end up going mm. quick because it's going to have its second bounce quick. Yes. But still, Wimbledon is nowhere near as quick as Haller and, and Queens. And I just wish Wimbledon would just get a bit more of its pace back. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, great call. I like the, uh, love the insights, uh, Ellie. No doubt about that. And we want a longer grass court uh, season. Todd Schooler on our website, thefirstserve.com.au, has written an article over the weekend that we need a Masters 1000 on, uh, on grass. So... Uh, Anyway, that's for the powers to be, well above my uh, pay packet who can uh, decide all that. We need to get a break in. Todd Perry on the other side. He's written a great book called One Chance. We're here thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north. It's got uh, tennis for everyone, perfect also for coaches and players. If you're coming from interstate to train and compete, it's very close to Melbourne Airport. Accommodation just around the corner. You can bunk in there. Find out more, humetennis.com.au. Let the sun pay for your electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Great to have your company on this uh, Monday night. Brett Phillips in the chair. Lachlan Peel is with me in the studio. He's the host of our Play USA podcast. You can check that out uh, each month, uh, part of our First Serve podcast offering. He's all the way from the States, but uh, very close to home uh, still. Uh, for Wimbledon, the big hitters for mine, Berrettini, her catch looking good. Uh, Alina Rybakina, Madison Keys, and the women's. Keep it up, BB. Thank you, Larry, over there in Adelaide. Great to have you listening in. We'll uh, certainly have a big Wimbledon show. Uh, we're on from 7.30 next Monday night, and we'll have, uh, obviously, um, an in-depth look at the uh, the championships. Uh, from Aaron, BP, did I hear right? A ball kid stumbled picking up a ball in Kyrgios's match in Hull at the semi-final after Kyrgios missed a first serve, and he told the kid to run properly because he was put off. Really? I didn't catch that. Uh, Aaron, I, um, you know, <laughs> all the carry-on that goes on, I, I tune out of some of it, and I miss uh, parts of it, but, you know, I, I didn't pick that up, but... Uh, just uh, well, it's been another sort of week, hasn't it? I mean, incredible sort of year in terms of making semi-finals and quarter-final at Indian Wells. We know we can win matches on a dime, but um, yeah, probably we're hoping for more. But let's uh, let's talk to a man who's written a terrific book. It's called One Chance: Lessons in Sport, Life, and Success. Plenty of you out there will remember the name Todd Perry, Turn pro back in. 1998, coached by the great Peter Smith, who guided a very young Leighton Hewitt in the early part of his career. Uh, six uh, titles in doubles on the ATP Tour. 
idolised uh, Tony Roach. She loves this part of the year, uh, the grass. He's running the Todd Perry Tennis Academy these days as a coach over in Adelaide, and he's been good enough to join us on the first serve. Uh, Todd, really appreciate your time. Yeah, good evening. Thanks for having me on. What was the inspiration to um, actually pen a book? When you, you've been in tennis, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper, you go and play, you've coached. Uh, tennis is absolutely your passion. But to, to think about writing a book, where did the uh, the uh, the inspiration and the idea to, uh, come from, Todd? Uh, the idea came from a couple of things. Um, obviously, I had a bit of a unique uh, sort of way that I uh, went about it um, in terms of my travelling and, and then making it onto the tour. But um, the main reason um, was sparked from a Tennis Australia statistic uh, in 2017 that came out that said uh, 73% of uh, kids playing tennis tournaments at the age of 10 were then no longer playing at all at 14. Yeah. And so three out of four. And that um, well, uh, upset me, to be honest, um, just to know that, you know, so many kids' as races over before it began. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was keen to, uh, yeah, hopefully start a conversation uh, around parents and kids about staying in the game and, um, and maybe just doing things a little bit differently um, and taking a little bit of pressure off the kids so they do stay in the game. I mean, 73%, you know, that's a big number. Why do you think, what do you think one of the major reasons, you know, that is, Todd? Uh, when I delved into it, it was um, it was just mismanagement of the young player. So um, some advice from coaches in terms of the amount they were playing, um, you know, 15 hours a week for, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. Um, and then obviously the pressure. Um, and I think then once parents sort of see some kids are playing that amount, their response to that is to, is to play more um, rather than looking to maybe quality practices or more intensity of practices and staying fresh and, and getting some better help, help potentially. Um, they tend to uh, just think more is better. Uh, Todd, I just wanted to read a little bit of Jürgen Meltzer, who's written the forward of this uh, book, the former world number eight. Great uh, player to watch. The lefty from uh, Austria. You played in his era and you become uh, great mates. You don't, start playing tennis because you want to make money or be a superstar. You should start playing tennis because you actually love the game. Those who really love the game, they are the ones who can actually become great one day. And and as he says here, that is what your book is all about, playing tennis for all the right reasons. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what the book's about. Yeah, so, yeah, Jürgen, yeah, I, I played against him in 1999 and we've been friends, great friends ever since and we played doubles together a bit. Um, I, uh, I played against him a lot um, as well, and then I uh, and then I've coached him a bit uh, over the towards the back end of his career as well. So, yeah, he uh, yeah, it was great the uh, the forward forward that he wrote. And um, but yeah, that's exactly what the book's about. So, so what do you think are the right the right reasons to uh, to play oh, just, to play tennis, play sport? Just enjoy it. I think the enjoyment and the fun and um, having passion and, and that's what the right reasons are. Um, it just seems to have got all too um, serious and all too professional too early, I think. And and uh, people are focusing in on uh, rankings and they're so fixated on their ranking when they're 12, 13 years of age where I think they should be just developing the game and enjoying the game and playing and playing, having playing with their mates and travelling and, uh, or not travelling, but just 
practicing with their mates and having a good time on the tennis court rather than uh, just so focused on winning. And and you run your academy in South Australia over there, Todd. And how do you talk to those difficult parents who have that sort of um, mindset of, you know, of kids, as you said before, practicing 10, 15 hours a week at 10, 11, 12 years old? How do you, how do you get that sort of education um, into their mindset? Well, that's a good question, and it's uh, it's not it's not easy. Um, I think I think you've just got to have parents that believe in what you're doing, um, and and then they buy into and trust what you're doing, um, and that's difficult. When um, I guess from my side, I'm pretty honest about what I see and. Um, and the amount of time I think they should be spending on the court. And I think, as you know, some parents like to hear that their kid's doing way better or they're going to be in the top 20 in the world or whatever, and they might change uh, coaches for those reasons. But um, I, think it's, I think it's about experience and then the parents um, actually buying into what you're telling them. Um, so, but uh, that's, yeah, as I said, it's, it's not always easy because they've... Uh, they, you know, it's their kid and they, they obviously think um, what's best for them. But, um, yeah, that, that's, a diff- that's a difficult conversation. Former Australian pro Todd Perry, our special guest on the first serve tonight. He's written a great book called uh, One Chance, uh, Lessons in Sport, Life and Success and, and really providing the, leader, the reader with insights into how to become a professional athlete while also embracing and prioritising all that was encountered in his own uh, journey. And... We often talk about on this show, Todd, what the definition of success is in a in a really uh, tough sport like tennis, a, a global sport, and we're always trying to you know mark the Aussies and assess them. There are so many in the ecosystem. Some can reach lofty heights. Others are playing perhaps for different reasons or different goals and ambitions, maybe for a bigger uh, post life and what they can get out of just uh, playing on the court. But how, how do you how do you define success? Ah, uh, well. I mean, it's being the best you can be. Um, I think that's one thing. But, um, I mean, the guys that I travelled with um, for three or four years, um, and they were great players, and they got to 600, 700 in the world. But every time that we catch up, they always say that was the best time of their life. And I think that's success. Um, I think if you've got a goal to go to college in America um, and, you in- and you achieve that, that's, that's certainly success. Um, but I, I also think tennis can give you so many lessons that you can then transfer over to other parts of your life. Yep. Um, and I think that's um, certainly underrated a bit by parents. Um, and so that some of the guys, and Phil Harris was a classic, uh, who I travel with, who um, took his tennis mentality to real estate, mm-hmm. and now he's got the biggest real estate um, business here in Adelaide. So, um, And obviously playing tennis and you compete against the world um, and then if you if you have that attitude and you do that well, and then you bring that back to your local town or city, yeah. um, it's obviously not quite as competitive as that. And so you can uh, you can learn and have success through those things as well. And, and Todd, how do you think? Obviously, you've you've written a book, um, but how do you think we can sort of change this whole mindset? Um, I know a lot of parents think that you know kids should be eighteen, nineteen, and and becoming uh, playing in the top ten, as we've seen. You know, obviously with Leighton Hewitt. But you know, nowadays, realistically, we've got we've got kids who are 23, 24, just coming out of college, um, and and trying to crack futures. I mean, that's still success. But how do we 
sort of get that ed- get all that out and change that mindset into parents? Uh, well, I think it's um, the experience of the coach uh, is a big part. And uh, the coaches here in Adelaide that I speak to that are, are very experienced, like Peter Smith and uh, Paul Bacanello, um, and these, these kind of guys who have had a lot of experience on the tour, um, they, um, I think they've got some really good insights um, into what it takes um, because they've been there and they've done that and they've, tra- they've travelled and they've seen what it is. And, I mean, there's obviously in the men's game, there's a lot of guys over 30 um, in the top 100 as well. So um, there's no real... Um, there's no, you don't have to uh, break through so early. And, yeah, as you said, the guys coming out of college are um, ready to go physically and mentally, I think, um, which is just as important. But... Um, but then, obviously, playing so much so young, you can break down as well physically. Um, and and I think Kokonakis is a good example of that. And by his own admittance, he, um, he probably played a little bit too much as a kid and then um, and he's, uh, he's missed a part of his career because of that. Todd War is a bit hamstrung for time on this show, but I, I want to ask you what you hope uh, to be the impact of your book. Uh, the impact is just to... St- start a discussion amongst the parents about how much kids are playing. I think that's the, that if I can do that and then there's some, um, they can start to realise that, yeah, they, they don't have to play as much as, as young kids. They don't have to fixate, be fixated on ranking um, as a young kid um, and then they can actually play and enjoy it a little bit more um, and, then, and then they've still got that opportunity once they finish school to, to travel and and play and then potentially go to college or um, but just stay in the game for longer. Well, as the great Todd Woodbridge said on the front, uh, this book is honest, wholesome, epitomises true tennis spirit. Todd is right, you can't waste your one chance that you get a sport where you can uh, have the experience of a lifetime on and off the court. Uh, where do we find uh, the book? Where can we uh, get a copy, Todd? Uh, onechance.com.au One chance. Log on once and you'll get one. Beautiful. Great, great to chat to you and uh, let's uh, let's revisit a chat uh, sometime down the track and uh, continued success with your coaching over there in Adelaide. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on. Todd Perry, uh, we always love a good tennis book. Absolutely. Or a sports absolutely. book, full stop. Oh, there's so much content, so much education that we can, not just as um, as parents, but also as, as athletes can get out of that book. So No doubt. Todd, thanks to uh, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, ASTI Tennis Courts, here trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Make sure you check them out at aste.com.au. A break. Uh, back with plenty more. Fight back against rising energy prices with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve Monday night, a week out from uh, Wimbledon. We're pretty excited about that. Brett Phillips in the chair. Lachlan Piola is alongside me, of course, uh, hosting our Play USA uh, podcast. Check that out. We've got uh, Aussies only, Nathan Healy. Uh, great chat with a man who's coached Max Purcell, recently coached uh, Leighton Hewitt at the back end of his uh, playing days. That has just come out. The grind, of course, with Alex Johnston uh, catching up with uh, Richard Glover, head of the ATP Challenger Tour. Uh, what else have we got in our little uh, cupboard of podcasts? The SA scene with uh, Bevan Jones. Uh, if you haven't caught that yet, touching on all the news out of uh, South Australia. What are you doing here? Rowan Williams, coach. He's on the road all the time. He just bumps into people. Great chat with Wayne Arthurs, who's currently coaching 
uh, James Duckworth, I caught up in uh, Togenbosch a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that has just uh, also uh, come out today. So they are all our podcasts, along with Crunching the Numbers. We had an edition go out over the weekend with uh, Stephen Huss, who's doing a bit of work with Jason Kerbal at the moment. Chris Tonts, who's coaching uh, Claire Lou. Just a little update of Wimbledon qualifying, where uh, Jason has just lost the first set, six games to three. Andrew Harris out on court, staring at losing the first set as well. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, Purcell uh, going around tonight, of course, in uh, qualifying. And the other Aussie, of course, is Rinky Hidjikata. Great to see Rinky get a chance uh, to play some uh, Wimbledon qualies. Now, uh, Loggy, being over in the US, uh, paddle tennis. We have Matt Levy in the studio. It's uh, really taking off here in Australia. Uh, but pickleball, much bigger in the US than what it is uh, here. But I don't know if you stumbled across this, uh, Loggy. This came across my desk in the last uh, few days that... Uh, nude, nude pickleball is uh, being implemented. Uh, the, uh, clothing optional resorts uh, right across uh, the vast United States of America uh, implementing a little bit of nude pickleball. Yeah, I saw that on... What uh, is going on? I saw that on uh, on the news, actually, on my Facebook feed, and uh, I was like, what is going on here? You know, pickleball is the fastest growing sport uh, in the United States, but, um, yeah, I don't know who came up with the nude right pickleball. So. We'll see how, that, uh, see how that takes off over in the States. Now... I've got to get this off my chest, all right? We've got a world number one in the women's game who could stay world number one for the next uh, five years. I mean, she's 4,000 points clear. Now, I say it's pretty tough uh, for anyone who's not in tennis. Uh, I feel for news readers or those reading sports bulletins who have got to try and pronounce uh, tennis players' names. But I reckon we just get off our lazy chair and actually acknowledge the correct pronunciation of her surname, which is... Hi, my name is Iga Sviontek. Iga Sviontek. Yeah, there you go. Iga Sviontek. It's not Iga Swiatek, which is the easy thing to say. Lachlan, I reckon we've got to get that one right because she is dominating. She may dominate for the rest of this year. She's uh, the length of the Flemington Strait, clear of the rest of the field at the moment. And when we use, as, as tennis coaches, um, and when we talk to especially, um, you know, female junior players who want to be like Sriantek, we can't say Swiatek. We've got to use her, you know, we've got to use it correctly, right? <laughs> Iga Sviantek. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Let's get our lips around Iga Sviantek because she is dominating uh, right now. It, uh, just take out the take out the Aussie, uh, the Aussie slang. Uh, Billy's in Ascot Vale. He's uh, giving us a call. G'day, Billy. Hello, BP. Uh, well. Good to chat again. Thank you. That's good. BP, just quickly, um, I just tuned in now. I'm just uh, getting ready for work. Um, uh, Emma Renekandu, what, what's happened to her? I mean, I really thought she was going to go leaps and bounds. I know she's only young, but um, I just thought since the US Open wins, she's really hasn't done much. <laughs> Emma Renekandu, of course, <laughs> you are referring to. Um well, you know, I mean, you win a you win a U.S. Open against uh, against all odds. Uh, well, let Lockie just pick himself off the canvas. He's uh, he's lost it. But you um, do something that no one expected uh, you to do, and suddenly the expectations are just raised significantly. So I just think this time last year, this time last year, she was three hundred and thirty four in the world. Got a wild card for Wimbledon. Goes to the US Open. She's 150 in the world. Wins the whole thing. We'll never see it. Well, we'll never see it again. So the fact I think she's just holding ground at the moment uh, inside the uh, the top 20. Uh, she's just, just got to hold ground. 
She's gone through a few different coaches and now she's gone sort of coachless uh, for a little period as she tries to sort herself out. But I've almost just parked her and said, okay, just just do your thing. Um, You're still only 18. Uh, You don't need the glare on you. She's still got so much to work on as far as her game is concerned. It's probably, it's a great thing to win a US Open at 18, but it can be a bit of a shame in a way when you weren't really ready for all the attention. So yeah, I I just sort of parked the whole uh, Eber Raducanu situation at the moment. And just before we break, very interesting. So the ITF World Tennis Number has reached another significant milestone with the announcement of its launch in the largest tennis playing nation in the world, the United States. The USTA uh, launch means over 890,000 players who play in USTA events and programs are now able to access their world tennis number at USTA.com. So the ITF World Tennis Number is an individual global tennis rating available for tennis players across all ages and levels worldwide. It's based on the highest quality of data from the sports governing body. The number allows players to find competitive matchups to enhance their skill set and opportunities in the game. So the USTA wouldn't go near UTR. Tennis Australia, tight partnership with UTR. Now, we haven't got enough time for the remainder of this show, but Lawrence Robinson from Tennis Australia will be on the show next week to revisit a whole heap of uh, UTR news and the latest. And we've got a lot in the mailbag re-UTR, but they didn't buy into it, Uh, the, uh, the USTA. We'll take a break, come back and wrap up. Install a 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Let's uh, wrap up a, a Monday night, of course, a special edition uh, hour and a half uh, next uh, Monday night with uh, Wimbledon starting. We'll be on from uh, 7.30. Just a couple in the mailbag. Uh, Britain team was looking through the WTA website today, came across uh, this. So this was an article about uh, the welcome to the tour, all of the 2022 WTA debutants. Um, not sure when Australia last had a 16-year-old beside Ash Barty debut in a WTA main draw match. This is in relation to young 16-year-old Taylor Preston, qualified for Hatogenbosch a couple of weeks ago. I had a win over Sarah Arani earlier this year, a former top five, of course. Uh, Karumi Nara, former top 30. I really hope that uh, Tennis Australia will be helping with the expenses required to make it to the top level with a junior ITF ranking in the 20s at the moment. She's looking like Australia's best prospect to fly the Australian flag well done to her. From what I've researched online, it looks as though she is privately coached at the Next Step Tennis Academy in Perth, but assuming she could be part of the new Tennis Australia Academy in Brisbane, maybe something to look at for all the first serve listeners. Well, we did get a response from TA uh, during the week as uh, background, hopefully in answer to the email query, Taylor is definitely part of our TA family. She has an NTA scholarship, non-residential, as she's based in Perth with her family. She also spends time in Brisbane uh, for training blocks. Uh, Taylor is on a TA-supported tour at the moment, obviously doing really well, which is fantastic. She'll play uh, all of the grass court junior events leading into junior Wimbledon. Brent Larkham heading over to the UK this week with some of the junior boys. Also, he'll be working with all our young uh, players over there. And just quickly, listening into a Monday night show, interestingly, Stephen Huss has been coaching Jason Kubler for the past six weeks, and look how he has gone. Great coaching equals great people, and Stephen believes that Kubler is a money ball player, so let's hope they get together. I don't want to see him go outside triple figures in the rankings, Lockie, again. Stay inside that top 100. He's capable, Jason Kubler. Oh, he's done it before. He got up to 91 in the world um, a couple of years back, then he got injured, so hopefully he can... Get more of a consistent run, injury-free, yep. Brett. 
That'll be nice. So he's got some work to do. Wimbledon qualies is a set down at the moment. Yarra Tennis Coaching out at Eaglemont. Uh, Shane Scrutton, he'll give you a great tennis lesson over 30 years in the game. Yarratennis.com.au. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned player. Let's pick this up next uh, Monday night. A bit more in the mailbag. UTR will be across at SW19. Can't wait for that. Have a great week and hit them beautifully. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.